Hey guys, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of Life of the Lost. And I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And this week's episode is sponsored by Brown Lab Media. Brown Lab Media is a creative community helping to promote and create original content, personal brands, businesses, or anything media related by people of color. So if you have a chance, feel free to check them out. The link is www.brownlabmedia.com. All right, on to this week's episode. All right, so last week we were talking about leading up right into the moment, right until I got to the airport. Then we kind of went on this like crazy tangent about why we were talking about this. But I think... Um, that moment is kind of important. Relatable tangent, though. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it puts things, I think, a little bit more into perspective. Yeah, kind of putting it all together, just so people understand. Um, but yeah, that moment was pretty important, just kind of getting to the airport finally, saying goodbye, kind of like biting my tongue, just trying not to like have emotions at the time, because I was just, everybody's crying. My mom's crying, my dad's crying. And that's hard, you know, seeing like somebody who loves you, they're going to miss you, you're going to miss them too, but it's like... I'm leaving for a few months, so, like, I'm going to miss you even more. Was and this, like, like, the first time that you went away from them for that long? Oh, yeah. So that that's a big moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I guess looking back at it, you know, if I ever have a kid one day having to say bye for a few months in a third world country, <laughs> going back to their birth parents, like, might that's be a... Because you never know, like I said before, you never so know if they're going to... <laughs> Okay, sorry. You never know if they're going to come back, you know? Yeah, no, I, t I can't even imagine. And I had this little um, chain. It was like Christopher Saint or something, the traveler. I guess he was like a traveler saint and like, it's supposed to keep me safe. And so I had that necklace on the entire time. And who knows? Who knows if that protected me? I'm sure it did because there's so many times that I kind of gotten in trouble. And I don't know how I got myself out of it, but we'll get into that. And, uh. So anyways, while everybody's kind of ready, you know, the airport's packed, it's a Minnesota winter, it's freezing, so everybody's trying to get out of the snow, they're trying to get into hot vacation destinations, and so while everybody's in their flip-flops, I'm just kind of like hunkered down by myself, just like very focused, just trying to get into the mode of, it's gonna be lonely, Megan, like, buckle up. Oh, is it, is it, were people in their flip-flops because you were taking a flight to Florida? Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, that's a good thing to I didn't even realize too. that. Yeah, I just was thinking why, like, I mean, unless you're going to Peru in the <laughs> summer, but for some reason I don't associate Peru with, like, summer, like, Florida or, like, the Caribbean. Maybe because it's not necessarily, when you've gone, it hasn't been, like, a vacation. Yeah, right? it's not, yeah, that's, maybe that's why. Huh. It's been very stressful and dramatic and, like, or overwhelming. Just, yeah, or just... Like, yeah, work. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, trekking place to place and, yeah. But I think that, yeah, so getting there, it was really nice. Got to Lima. And then when I was in Lima, I met a bunch of people from a small network. They let me stay in their hotel for the layover. It was about, I think I had about a 10-hour layover. So that was really nice. I got to sleep. I didn't have to stay at the airport. Um then came back in the morning, went to Cusco, which is another hour, and my mom, my sister, and her boyfriend, and their little baby picked me up in the car, and that was really nice. Like, the ride home was really nice, just kind of nuzzled up to my mom, realizing, like, we're going well, home. How, how, sorry, I just mean to back up a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. how how was that when you, when you got off the plane? 
in Cusco uh, meeting your family for the first time? Like, and how so, did that all go down? Like, do you yeah. remember it? Like, well, the, who, well, it who was first? Did, uh, were they like, I don't know, I'm curious. I, I think I'll always have that like vivid image in my fa- in my head and like, thank you for stopping me because I feel like I just like go around these things very often because maybe it's because they're kind of traumatic to me, not in necessarily a bad way, but just in like, if you can close your eyes and remember like something very vivid and it's it maybe it doesn't bother you maybe it's a good time but for some reason like I try to kind of suppress these things because they are very emotional and I I remember walking out I had my I had all my luggage I had two bags one one huge bag of my clothes and then some of their clothes and like supplies were in there and then a giant bag of just clothes that and toys and things that I was giving to them and I came out with my two bags and my backpack and there was a crowd of people it was kind of like a half circle of people and I saw my sister and my mom first and Mm. my sister was just bawling and just handed her baby to her boyfriend and she just grabbed me and was hugging me she was just so warm because she was outside it was really warm outside and like my mom then I went to go hug my mom and she was crying and you know when you hug somebody you can feel the tears on your face because you're touching them and so it was um it was an overwhelming moment um I hadn't oh yeah I guess I had met her boyfriend before um but he was completely kind of in the back picture just trying to kind of I think be respectful of like me seeing my mom and my sister I hadn't seen them since yeah I was gonna ask oof it had been probably about five six years Wow. So, I mean, we kept in touch, obviously, on Facebook, um, things like that, you know, phone calls. Um, I'm weird about that because there was a time where I didn't really talk to them for a, a year because they were fighting about money. And so it was just an on and off thing. Every single time I would give them money, there would be some kind of discrepancy. And I didn't know where I fell in all of this. Um a little bit of like animosity towards them, a little bit of anger, a little bit of a resentment towards them. And so I would, I, I always, I'm a runner. I, I would pull myself away from them. I would come back. I would pull myself away. I'd come back kind of like when me and you were kids, like, I don't know. That's just, I couldn't, I didn't want to ask the questions I should have asked. I didn't want to deal with like the truth or really the reality. Yes. I could sit there and like have this dramatic conversation. But it's hard, right? Because you didn't understand the language. So even if you wanted to, like, I don't know if you really... No, that was an excuse because I really? had people around me who spoke Spanish. I had, they had translators and But it's not like as well. honest though. Like, like, I don't know, like... You're right. I like mean, it might a, not have been, but like... Meaning like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Their, their responses would be dictated by whoever is translating. So it's like, yes. you know, they could say one thing in reality, something, the truth is something different, but you would never know that because... I guess, unfortunately, like it, it's it's understandable. Any, I feel like anybody would be like that. As they have that shield up, yeah, and vulnerabilities down, not down, but but those instances have have happened before where they yeah. would go and get um things translated from a neighbor, and then the neighbor would try to get involved and try to say, oh well, my husband needs a size like thirty two pants and whatever, and so I'm like, so you're telling me that. My sister's asking for help to translate things. And then in turn, you want me to send you pants? Like, what is this? What is this? I don't... It was just, as a kid, I didn't really understand. And now, as an adult, 
looking back um, and learning a little bit about Peruvian culture and realizing that it's kind of a, I, I forgot what it's called, is that reciprocity, something, I'm totally butchering the word, but you know, you do something for somebody and later on, you know, you're expected to, they're expected to help <laughs> you back. Like blackmail? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just kind of how they... And like, I uh, paid each other. Like, eye for an eye. I don't know. Kind of. I mean, I help you, you help me. Kind it's, of. Thing. You scratch it's my back, a, I scratch yours. Yeah, but I feel like it's a lot, a little less like as intense or as kind of like less intense as than blackmail. It's just kind of a help your neighbor kind of thing. I feel like. Yeah. And I've just remember reading about that recently, and so I kind of got where she was coming from. But at the time, you know, I'm a teen teenager. I don't really. I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of I'm doing something for you because you want me to do it. Like I was super rebellious. So I wanted to do things on my own, on my yeah. own time because I wanted to, not because you're guilting me to do these things. And I guess that's kind of a, a side note into, you know, me maybe not being as emotional when I saw them for the first time when they were picking me up and them being super emotional, you know, they're kind of, I guess stuck in with their thoughts and here I am not necessarily contacting them back and certain things and I'm over here like living my life in the United States and constantly busy and so I don't know if that has to do with it but I didn't I never I didn't really cry I just was kind of like hey guys like how are you you know like yeah all right let's get home I'm hungry kind of thing so that was nice uh the car ride the card the car ride back that I got really emotional in the car because my mom was like holding me and I just was kind of like nuzzled up into her little armpit and I was so uncomfortable, like just kind of like sitting like this the entire time and trying not to move. Um, just felt like a baby, and um, she was sweaty. We were jammed in this car in like the back seat of this taxi, and so it was like, but it was it was nice. Got home, I should have paid attention to where I was going, um, because that kind of hit me hit me in the ass later on like I just should have like I should have looked out for myself a little bit more but I think in How those moments car I, about 30 minutes from the airport okay. but I think I was just like sucking up all that but just kind of remembering looking back and thinking of how many times I got in trouble because I was lost um and not paying attention probably when I should have but that's a, a side note getting home kind of got the grand tour of the house um, a lot had changed because my sister's boyfriend is a lot more modern. They have a wash machine. They had a microwave. They had two fridges. Uh, they had tile on their floor in the in the kind of back of the house. So it was it was very different than what I had remembered before, which was nice. Um, I got a tour of my room. That was pretty cool. I tried to contact my parents in Minnesota, which was really hard because Facebook saw that I was in a different country. And they tried to authenticate me, and I had Weird. to take a picture of myself with a, a code that they had sent me, and I had to just show it like like a mugshot. It was so weird, and they're like, oh, okay, we believe it's you, and then they finally let me log into my Facebook to tell my mom and dad, like, I'm here, I'm safe, we're good. Because you remember when you go like to other countries, and it's like, I don't know, I had Sprint at the time, and they're like, it's, I don't know, a dollar per minute phone calls some places don't have any service at all yeah it's weird like i remember it but it, does, it doesn't apply anymore well, when we went to cuba remember i don't know if you got that text message i did when we went to cuba it told me how much text messages would be to other countries 
Wow. I didn't even get. I didn't even get anything. Um. But I think Cuba is an exception, just because it's just so different compared to like the rest of the world. Um. But yeah, I remember when I went to Canada. <laughs> Does that count? I mean, it's a different country, right? Yeah, I didn't get any problems. I could text unlimited. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I had to kind of log on to Facebook to get a hold of them in any way. And so did that, hung out for a bit. Um, It's weird. It's weird because... I just wanted to be just like them. I just wanted to eat like them. I wanted to do things like them. I wanted to be around them, how they were around me. Like, I didn't... Well, what I'm trying to say is I didn't want to feel as if... Let me restructure that. I didn't want them to feel like they had to act a certain way around me. Like, oh, she's from the United States. Like, let's make sure we sit up straight and, like, let's make sure we, like... um, accompany with her, accompany her with all of her needs. And that's how it was from the beginning and it just it felt frustrating one of the first times I was eating bread and they had they brought me a blanket I was sitting on the ground and it's like rock and mud or dirt and I was sitting on the ground and like no 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 and I was like what what and they're like no 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 wait 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 wait." and then my brother comes in brings a blanket puts a blanket underneath me multiple blankets and then covers me with a blanket and I'm looking around and nobody else has blankets on and I'm just kind of like come on I don't want to, I don't want to feel like this. I just want to, I just want to get dirty, kind of like you guys are getting dirty and not really care about things, kind of like you guys aren't caring about things. Um, and then especially eating, you know, they would be using their hands with certain things, but I'd be expected to use like a knife and fork. And I just, I didn't want that. I feel like you're in, you're in control a lot, right? At the end of the day, the door opens both ways for you. It only opens one way for them. So if they disrespected yeah. you in any way, that's it. They'll never be able to go go see you. If you, you know, uh, to them, yeah, they, they I, I don't guess I never thought blame them. Like, you know. Trying they, to make sure, like, all of my needs are met, especially, I guess, the only, huh, the only thing that they have to go off of is watching American movies or talking to American friends or seeing, I guess, the difference in the culture. And so definitely I could see that they were aiding towards trying to make me happy but that was the problem that wasn't making me happy like I didn't I just wanted to be that was my whole point of going down there was to be just like them to kind of feel like I could do that obviously I can't I was raised in the United States I'm not an idiot I'm not oblivious like I'll never be able to wonder how much though right like it's weird I I feel like sometimes your mind um has these two very real like mentality is just clashing at what point you you so desperately want to be a part of them but you also so desperately understand that you can't but a part of you so desperately just wants to forget that you can't so you'll try but then ultimately realize you can't (laughs) so you're like and then you get very it's like a it's a not all the time but sometimes i feel like in certain Mm -hmm. moments you're like Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's all part of like like my identity because i feel so very lost and like Nobody can see this right now, but I have a stack of books like this big. I went on in like a book buying spree and they're all about like Peru and their culture and like the, the mountains and the culture there versus the city and like how they eat and their traditions, whatever, everything. Mm-hmm. And I've been really not, I've been so afraid to kind of open them because, because of the, the duality of, of like 
oh, you're just learning, you're learning from a book and you're not necessarily learning because you're down there or somebody's telling you and like somebody wrote these books, kind of going back to the history of Peru in general where the Peruvians didn't really get to write their history. It was all word of mouth and it's coming from, you know, the Spanish writing their history for them. Obviously the Spanish didn't want them to have, you know, their cultural roots at all. So what was taken out? What was replaced? What was, so I I do, I really battle with, um, if what I'm reading is actually true, if what I'm watching on like the National Geographic, all the documentaries I started watching, is that even true? The sad thing I think is that the Hispanic, the Peruvian community, I think in Peru, don't even really know. Like maybe a select few do, like the ones who really pass things down. And each Peruvian family has their own maybe traditions and stuff that they had had through their family's generations but because unfortunately nothing was written down i think it's all free 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 for all you know everyone just takes what they want they just assume that it's they just adopt it into their culture and i kind of that's kind of sucks that's that's kind of like what makes me feel like bummed about that i told you too about Mm -hmm. my own culture it's like one of the reasons why i i really am i love like world war ii and world war one it's european culture and like even asian culture is just because they wrote it they wrote it down like i and i can learn it and i can study and i can explore but with like proving it's not that it's any less interesting to me i just like you i just i don't know i don't know like the the facts yeah i mean and i don't even know if <laughs> if it's even there like in peru anymore like, what if the old people just didn't pass it down? Well, and it's just kind of like telephone, right? Yeah. You know, when you're in school and you play telephone, you pass one message to your friend, and then by the time you get through, like, five, ten people, that that message is completely annihilated. And I think that's the scary thing. And I know that the Peruvians had this, or the, yeah, the Incans had this really cool language, the way that they wrote things were by these kind of strings. They had this really kind of cool system and it was like um kind of like a bar up here and strings were coming through it and then little kind of little knots were tied onto these string but because that never got passed down and you know the lineage of that eh, it's just it's it's too far gone they don't know what it says and I guess it just yeah that part bums me out and trying to embrace a culture but not really knowing if it's true and just trying to take somebody's word for it um also kind of listening to these documentaries and just hearing uh you know Prue gets spoken about very very negatively and like not just just, they're very biased so I don't know I know a lot of people are like well the white man has has created these stories and da 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 like I don't I'm not trying to get into any of that I'm just trying to say it just wasn't passed down as other cultures were and so for me talking about identity talking about what's real and what's fake you know things like that i feel like you know just to take it a little bit like towards like like you know soupe and the brand i think that's personally one of the reasons why like i believe in like the brand and i want to create um i want to create a road of translation that i have in my mind about the like like the pieces of information factual information that we can scavenge via the internet via like you know um interviews first first you know interactions and um because at the end i think what's real is the art Mm -hmm. i think that's very real and very tangible the pieces that these civilizations made that they're they're here whether or not there's necessarily a story 
specifically towards that specific thing but i feel like if you were to there's some history on that and that's i think one of the most important parts that i love because you know the brand is about design the brand is about you know and, and that's the clothing and that's one's identity mm-hmm. um i mean i that's my identity i wear it every day like what mm-hmm. i what i believe in right um so that's kind of like how i want to pass it along you know my own what i find beautiful in proving culture whether or not i have facts to back it up or whether or not i just have the beauty of the culture that i see in museums or that i see in you know people speaking hearing interviews about people talking about you know their their generations you Mm -hmm. know because there there are some interviews of like you know people talking about um the culture like who, who know a little bit more Right. I remember watching this like one thing about like the uh, the one indigenous uh, news news station uh-huh. in Peru um, called Cunanchic, uh, uh. which means like for the people or something. That's in Quechua. Yeah, and it's like the only news station that is specifically broadcast in Quechua. Quechuan. and the the news reporters speak Quechuan. and it's really cool because that's another piece of maybe those that company doesn't really know the history of the specific religion sorry specific culture that that language derives from Mm -hmm. but at least they're doing their part Mm -hmm. in trying to keep that going which is why they're giving these people who only speak that language an outlet to be able to one still practice it by Mm -hmm. listening to it and also being informed of of modern news that might affect them yeah like, which is really dope yeah things going on kind of around them and not kind of singling them out or leaving them out i guess leaving them out so yeah it's yeah like i guess see we, we do what we can with the information that we have available right. and i think that really trying everything to create um transcendence mm-hmm. for the future and, and try and keep that culture alive is better than not doing anything i think yeah and just being oh that's cool yeah no you know like i'm gonna put my own interpretation i'm gonna because at the end of the day i i love proving culture i love where i come from i'm just you know trying to make it more maybe uh, more palatable or or have somebody understand it through my eyes yeah doesn't know about it who might want to know more about it you know yeah and that's all about you know giving other people another way of looking at things and that's like my goal right yeah give people another way of looking at things kind of right because sorry i don't mean to go on a tangent um because you know we're we're our clothing line is inspired by you know the the art Mm -hmm. of the incans and of the past Mm -hmm. and crap i forgot what (laughs) i I forgot i had something good too i think what you might have been able to we're gonna say is just how it's like bringing the past to the present yes oh man it was it was good it was um okay because we were we were talking about um we were talking about the inspire like the inspiration we have to push us through supe yes and how we're take we're we're taking a lot of time into trying to uh, grab pieces of st- of significance, historical significance that we can from the Incan and Peruvian culture mm-hmm. and I think that we're because <laughs> just we I know I have a I have an old old dog <laughs> old blind dog and he found his way into our studio and I just hear him 
needing attention <laughs> and it's very hard on top of forgetting my train of thought also to not feel some kind of anxiety because of his need for affection and attention and he's just making noises and it's like it's very um <laughs> distracting oh come up here oh gosh yeah so, so um, if you're on the youtube you can see him his his name is Laka. He's blind. He's, he's 12. Laka is the Jewish word for a potato pancake that we eat during Hanukkah. Oof. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a smelly guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, oh, dang, I, sorry. Anyways, just, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the root of it is, um, you know, I, I, I personally want to take a lot of time into creating specific products that speak to the culture that um, the Incan civilization kind of passed down the remnants of that. And I think that's important. Yeah, especially to, like you said, you're taking inspiration, you're taking facts, as much as we can, like taking facts and kind of creating a clothing line based off that. And I think that's the most important thing is feeling like you're, feeling like you're doing something <clears throat> Feeling like you're giving back somehow, feeling like you're being involved and, you know, oh, linking the past. To the kind of, because, you know, while you're doing that, you're creating that the design kind of in a way more easier to understand mm -hmm. and more, I guess, it's not that it's not that you're adapting it to have somebody else understand and and disregarding the beauty of what it was before adapting it for somebody else to understand. You are just giving it your own spin um, on it. So, so it's like, it's like translation. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it. Like a translation mm -hmm. from English to Spanish, from Spanish to French, from French to like German. Like yeah. that's a translation. Yeah. And I think that that's important because like we were talking about the Incan culture is dying. And mm -hmm. I think any form of keeping it going to the next generation and keeping them interested and keeping mm -hmm. them, you know, mm -hmm. energized about that is, is better. It's really great. It's better than, than just being like, Oh, well, that sucks for it. them. I yeah. wish I could do something, but no, I mean, I, I, I am doing something mm -hmm. and I, I feel proud about it and I can't wait for you guys to see what we have in store. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff we're working on. So, so sorry, sorry about exciting. that tangent. <laughs> um, no, it's important. And I think it kind of just thinks to this is like the cultural differences, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a giant difference from me going down there expecting having that like privilege thinking that like oh i'm gonna be treated the same as them or wanting to be treated you know obviously i come from a very different background and it doesn't make sense for me to have that assumption um and later down the line you know i find out kind of why why it is and i guess we could go through that really quick as well let me check the time you okay um yeah, yeah, we have okay. a little time. Sorry, guys, it's Tuesdays and it's a pretty like tight a, schedule we're running here yes, on a Tuesday night. Totally. Um, so bear with us. <laughs> um, but I guess later on down the line, I find out I was having a conversation. My friend, um, who I met down there with Smile Network, she had a boyfriend and he is Peruvian. He was a tour guide. I don't know if he still is, but he knows a lot about the Peruvian culture, obviously. And what he told me is because you went to a university in the United States and you graduated, they, they think of you, this was his words, they think of you like as royalty. And he said that you're going to get treated differently because of that. You're going to get treated everywhere you go when somebody finds that out and especially your family. Mm. They're going to, you know, expect you to be a certain way and they're going to treat you a certain way. So 
try not to take it as disrespect. It's just gonna how it's gonna be because and the reason that conversation had kind of come up was because I was really struggling with that. I was really struggling trying to. I, I can never find a place right, feeling like. Maybe it's just me. Maybe other people experience this as adoptees, just trying to kind of find your place, you know, find your niche, trying to find it and going down there. The second I don't talk and I just turn my voice off and I just kind of float around in the um, in the pool of people. Yes, I fit in. Yes, I look I look like everybody else. But the second I open my mouth, I'm automatically taken out of that pool and I'm automatically segregated. And so even with being, strangers. When I talk down mm-hmm. there, oh yeah, hmm. why why do you speak like that? You, you can't speak Spanish, like, which is interesting because I have like, um, next week we'll talk about like the experience in the hospital. Well, I guess even weirder, I didn't even realize until now. I guess just just being able to just utter English words is already like privileged enough down there too, because I'm sure like a lot of people really want to learn English down there so they could be more dual like i don't know i feel like that that's a necessity down there like speaking english and being able to especially interact with tourists right because i feel like yeah i feel like the times that i was down there like the people who spoke both were like very needed yeah like oh Oh, um oh okay um he's saying this is what you know yeah (laughs) like going back and forth no it's it's important i think yeah and and the thing like once again being portrayed as this fake person right you're like oh you look peruvian on the outside but the second you open your mouth you're not so like i get categorized really easily and um meeting people down there you know getting friends down there it i mean it was uh, it was troublesome you know but i mean that's kind of you know learning learning your place learning where you belong trying to make a space i guess for yourself because I liked the feeling of being lost and I got lost on my own many times just because I liked being lost. I liked being lost in that giant swarm of people, just kind of like the hustle and the bustle and just kind of feeling like there's a place you belong. Just just keep your mouth shut. And I had a I had a piece of paper that had my address on it. So anytime I needed to go back home, I would just show my address. <clears throat> and They'd be like, oh, okay, I know where you live. And they just take me there. And anytime mm-hmm. they try to talk to me, I just, you know, it's like, eh. Uh, I don't know. It was just awkward, I guess. I don't even want to say what I said. But, <laughs> but yeah, next time we'll kind of go in, talk about uh, the hospital and, like, all the things that I did there while I was volunteering. That was really crazy, so I'm really excited to kind of get into that, too. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that because from uh, – <laughs> talks before um it's a very different environment like worlds different mm-hmm. compared to the quality of a hospital in america and the quality of a hospital in peru so i'm definitely like excited to hear more um in depth we'll talk about your experience in that hospital yes so, um, so we got to go feed laka yeah it's dinner time <laughs> for you and me both buddy yes so um i guess with that being said um hope you found this podcast entertaining um hope you learned something and um if you have any questions you know always like i've always said feel free to reach out to us message us um we'd be happy to um talk with you guys um and uh so i hope you're having a a good morning or a great afternoon and if it's evening um hope you're having a good night and uh we'll see you next time on 
the life of the lost. Peace.